Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Today I want to talk about something regarding fellowship, okay? Praise the Lord. Fellowship with God. Praise the Lord Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the 18th verse. Praise God. The Bible says, when we let's go, but we all, with open face, uh-huh, behold as in a glass, the glory of God, uh-huh, and we're changed into the same image from to even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Can you give me the amplified of that? Let's read. And all of us, somebody say all of us, uh-huh, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor. And from what? One degree of glory to another. For so this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. When the Bible says all of us, Everybody who believes. The Bible says that with an unveiled face, the face that is unveiled, that is open from the law. Hallelujah. Because veiling is after the law. The Bible says up to this day, when Moses is read, their faces are veiled. Hallelujah. Read there. The Bible says... But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil, untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament. Which veil is done away in Christ? When you get in Jesus Christ, there are no veils. Hallelujah. The legal mind has veils. Do you understand? And those veils are done away with in Christ. Some people think these veils is simply the reading of the Old Testament. It's not simply the ring of the Old Testament because the Old Testament has Christ therein. The Bible says, and he began to expound about himself, the things about him from Moses. Moses is a writer in the Old Testament. Luke 24, 27. He says, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So if Jesus is revealed from Moses' time, and the Bible says that every time the Old Testament is read, the veil covers the face, but the Bible says that from Moses, he was expounding about himself, speaking of them scriptures about himself. It means Jesus is very present in the Old Testament dispensation. That means that the problem is not reading from the Old Testament per se, as only what the writer writes. But the problem is not beholding Christ in the Old Testament. You understand? There are many people who read the Old Testament, but they don't see Christ there. Or they don't see the finished work of Christ from its beginning till its finish according to the revelation of the Old Testament dispensation. When a man reads the Old Testament, 
and he's veiled, he will not see Christ there. But when a man reads the Old Testament and he's unveiled, he will see Christ. Because the Bible says the veil is done away in Christ. When you enter Christ, the veil is done away. In other words, when you go to the Genesis, you'll see Jesus. When you see Leviticus, you'll see Jesus. When you read Ecclesiastes, you'll see Jesus. That is an unveiled face. It doesn't mean that we don't read the Old Testament anymore. It only means that we read it from that perspective. Christ. And if you understand that from that perspective, you realize that there are many things by which we are veiled without the knowledge. And some of us think that by reason of reading the New Testament, it means we're unveiled. And I'll correct you, not necessarily. There are still many things that are forms of godliness and in their own sense, veil us in a place where we are supposed to be unveiled by reason of the fact that Christ is not revealed. If you read the New Testament, for example, and Jesus is not revealed, it doesn't matter whether you're reading the New Testament, you're veiled. Are you hearing me? You're veiled. And once these veils come in, we start to form up certain forms by the way we interpret God. I'll give you an example. Worshippers. One time, I was listening to somebody teaching about worship, and they said, when you're doing worship, you're in the outer court. Okay? And then you get into the inner court. Then after that, you get into the Holy of Holies. You understand? And we all know that between the inner court and the Holy of Holies, there was a veil. And I've had Christians, ministers, asking people to go with them behind the veil. The guys who are taking them there are also not behind there. They're coming from. You remember the songs we used to see? As I come into your presence. Where were you? Past the gate of praise. You see? Into your sanctuary, where I see the face, you see, I look upon your countenance, the stillness of your grace, I can only find. You remember that? And say, then the man starts to see the awesomeness of God. <laughs> but you see, if indeed you are coming into his presence, you are not in his presence past the gate of praise, into his sanctuary. By the time you get to his presence, you had to pass a veil. Now you see that the worshiper put a veil. Yet the Bible says in Christ, there is no veil. The veil is done away with. That's why for some of us which were raised in local church, we'd finish worship and the moderator of the program says, we'll come back from there. <laughs> you remember? So if you were welcomed from there, Ultimate question, where were you? You understand? And when you begin service, where are you? You're out of the presence of God. So you listen to the word out of the presence of God until they sing another song to throw you up there. Listen, the word is from above. Tell your neighbor, the word is from above. Therefore, you must understand, you and I must understand that God has not created the new creature to be out of the presence. No, no, no. In him we live. He's the presence. In him we move. He's the presence. In him we have our own being. He's the presence. Somebody say amen. amen. Say amen. So it means that before you even feel it, some people say, ah, I don't feel the presence of God. And I understand. You don't need to feel the presence of God. You just need to know that he's present. You understand? 
Because I receive calls and somebody say, Apostle, pray for me. I don't feel like God is here. I feel like he has left me. I feel like he's far. And I understand. And some people, I pray with them because I don't have the time to explain to them and I hope they don't call back. But some already do. Because they think you must feel Jesus to be there. But Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. By faith. Let me even correct it. Let me go deeper a bit. Give me the Amplified. The Amplified. May Christ, through your faith. You see that? May Jesus, through your faith, do what? Dwell. Settle down. Abide. Make his permanent home in your hearts. How does Jesus permanently dwell in you? By you whose faith? By the faith of Apostle Grace? By the faith of who? By his faith? No. Jesus will dwell as far as you believe he is dwelling. You understand? If you feel Jesus is in you, you understand? It's a good feeling. But you might wake up and not feel him. You understand? But that's okay. He says that Christ may through your faith actually do what? Dwell and do what? Settle down and abide. That means the only way Jesus may not be rested inside you is because of your faith. When you understand that, it doesn't matter what you feel. He's still inside you. Hallelujah. When you understand that, it doesn't matter the environment. You're still conscious of his presence in your life. And once you cultivate a life of having a constant acquaintance and acknowledgement in your spirit that Jesus is with you every time, you're going to be amazed how much fellowship you have. Some people create forms, and all these are veils, by the way. I'm defining veils. I'm still talking about veils. You understand? Some people say, ah, me, that is where I hear God from. Then they created a special room where they hear God from. You understand? So when they are not in that room, they cannot what? They cannot hear God. Some say, ah, me, I hear God when I go on a mountain. So they spend three days going to a mountain. Why? Because that's the only place they can hear God. The day you learn to understand that through your faith, he dwells in you. You'll start driving and you'll be there. Me, by the way, most of my experiences are not on mountains. I love mountains, but they're not on mountains. Sometimes it's that place where you're in the car and you're driving, you're minding your own business, and then he sits, boom, and you feel he's there. And you say, Rapa, yeah. Zikelepa. You understand? And then the atmosphere is so permitted by his presence that the glory starts to bring out tears, yet you're not crying. You just see something running out of your face and you say, what are you doing to me? Why? Because he dwells in your heart by faith. He dwells in your heart by faith. Some people want to first feel him to be there. No, me even if I don't feel him. I am confident every day. I tell my spirit that Jesus Christ is with me. Somebody say me too. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So what happens when he dwells in your heart by faith? You may be rooted deeply in love and founded securely on love. And I'm going to come back there. You'll be rooted in love and founded securely on love. And I'm going to define that. Because I'm defining fellowship. Somebody say amen. Say, say amen. Now, let's go back to our art in Corinthians. I'm going to come back there. There are many things that are veiling Christians, but they don't even know. That is why many Christians don't have results. Many Christians pray, but they don't have results. It's because they are experiencing a veil on them, but they're trying to relate with a Christ in whom there is no veil. Anything, and I never forget this, anything, either in the New Testament or Old Testament, 
that gives you a form but does not reveal the true person of the Christ is a veil. Even if it looks like it appears to have the provisions of everything godly, in its own sense, it is a veil if it does not reveal Christ, his person, and his power. Somebody say amen. So for me, sometimes even my pain is with Christians who read the New Testament, but they are veiled from truth. Everything they read does not make sense. Or if it makes sense, it makes sense the wrong way. And then you realize that certain Christians are in the church. They are ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge. You get surprised and say, but this one knows too much. They're not supposed to be here. You understand what I'm saying? So every one of us, that's why personally I examine myself and say, God, where is this part of you that has to be revealed in the gospel? You understand? Because I can have forms and still call them Jesus. Listen, everyone calls on that name, but there are men who call it unveiled, and he responds. Everyone prays in the name of Jesus. Are you hearing me? We are all seeking God, isn't it? But not everyone who calls on his name is getting an answer. Because some people don't understand what it is to call him veiled and to call him unveiled. Hallelujah. So sometimes even in the Gospels, what we labor to do is to make sure that we get rid of the veils and present only Christ dead and resurrected. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, when our faces are unveiled in Corinthians, he said all of us, as we continue to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured. That means we don't arrive the first day we become born again. The testimony of transformation is a progressive life. Are you with me? The testimony of transformation is a progressive life. I don't expect somebody to just be born again tomorrow and they're already transformed. No, that's why the transformation experience is be ye transformed by the present continuous experience of redeeming the word of God. You understand? You are renewing your mind every day. Present continuous. Every time you read that word, you become better. Every time you read that word, you become better. Every time you read that word, you become better. Why? Because you prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect before God. So it means that the life of salvation does not produce a fresh, brand new, mature Christian. It produces a man and a woman who has progression in the life of salvation. Hallelujah. Now, even in the definition of fellowship, you're going to realize now I'm going to take you to certain places in the progression of fellowship. Everyone says, I have a relationship with Jesus. And that's a beautiful testimony to say. But I am to urge you that everyone has a relationship according to their level of transformation in Jesus. Let's correct that. Are you seeing that? It's true that everyone has a relationship. But everyone has a relationship according to the level by which they've been renewed and transformed in the knowledge of Jesus. That means that all of us can pray, but by reason of what we know and how we know, we produce different results. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. amen. Let me go deeper in this. Let me show you something. There's a scripture that many times people read. Eh? Jude chapter 1. Jude chapter 1, verse 20. Fellowship. Somebody say fellowship. He says, But ye, beloved, huh, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, which is 
praying in the Holy Ghost. Give me the Amplified of the same. He says, but you, beloved, build yourselves up. Okay? How do you build yourself up? On your most holy faith. Do what? Make progress. Do what? Make progress. Rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Ghost. That means that every time you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you're going up. Prayer stops to be an occasional duty of midnight hour, 3 a.m. I have to wake up and deal with the spirits. <laughs> Some saints are like that. They wake up to deal with spirits. And they break things in high places. Principalities and powers. <laughs> you remember when the Bible says, for our weapons are not carnal? Let me say something there. For they're mighty in Christ. For the what? For the pulling down of? Where are the strongholds? In the mind, not in uh, the stuff they put under your chair. Casting down what? Where are the imaginations? Not the stuff they put under your bed and your house. Uh -huh. And what? Every high thing that exalted itself against, against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every what? Thought to what? The obedience of Christ. Now read the next verse. And having, listen, this is God. This is God. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience, when your obedience is fulfilled. Are you seeing that? Do your part, then see how God will create fire against the devil. There's a readiness for God to deal with everything that troubles you. One time I read a scripture that scared me. It says, for it is a righteous thing for God to trouble them that trouble you. It's righteous. <laughs> Is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. As in, when somebody starts to trouble you, God feels it righteous. <laughs> to recompense tribulation. That thing scared me. It's righteous. As in, God feels like he's doing the right thing. When he recompenses them that what? Trouble you. But God, not you. <laughs> God, not you. Vengeance is of the Lord. It's not your part to say, Father, let them die. Die. <laughs> Hallelujah. So if you have those who trouble you, Hallelujah. Let's go back to the scriptures. Now, I want to explain this. He says there is a readiness. You see? It's righteous for him. There is a readiness. God is ready to punish any disobedience in your life when your obedience is come through. Disease can be a disobedience. Why? Because it exalts itself against your knowledge of Christ. And I'll explain why. The Bible says that he that knew no sin became sin, that we being dead and two sins might live unto righteousness and by whose stripes ye were healed. According to your knowledge of God is ye were healed. Isn't it? According to your knowledge of God ye were what? Ye were healed. That means that sickness has disobeyed the word of God. Are you seeing that? And God is ready to deal with that disease when your obedience comes in. Are you seeing that? But you see, your obedience is understanding how your weapons work. They are not carnal. But they are what? Mighty through God to pull down strongholds. Refuse any ungodly thoughts in your head. Then you'll see what God will do to the devil. He says... Cast down stupid imaginations. You'll see what God will do to the devil. Resist everything that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. You'll see what God will do to the devil. 
and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, then you'll see what God will do to the devil. There is a readiness to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. The Bible says, none among them in Zion shall say, I am sick. That is supposed to be a mind. Regardless of how you feel or not, bring your thought to obedience of that word and refuse to say I'm sick. You understand? Then, somebody comes and says, I'm sick. You've already disobeyed. But there's a readiness to destroy that disease. But because you have not set your mind the right way, you're not going to get healing. It's the same thing with everything. Until you start feeling rich, you'll never have money. Even if you tithe. Until you start feeling great, you will never be great. Until you start feeling wise, men will never notice your wisdom. Until you start. There is a readiness to deal with stupidity. When your obedience, what? Is fulfilled. But you need to play your part. And your part is simple. Be obedient to the word. Tell him. Hallelujah. So that is why the communication of our faith becomes effectual when we learn to acknowledge every good thing which is in us, which is in Christ. Let me tell you, there are people who can never understand how serious what I've just said is. Sometimes it's hard to believe when there is no hope. You're not the first one. The Bible says Abraham against all hope believed. Sometimes there are things in our lives that don't give us hope. But you have to believe. That is why when the psalmist was thinking about the experience of believing, he knew it was the only way he could stay afloat. He says, for I had fainted. I had fainted if I had not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He had fainted. That means there were things around him that were too much for him. But he said, I believe, I believe that this will pass too. I believe that something will change in another way. Or that place where you convince yourself. The life of salvation sometimes is not the straight line that you expect. Certain things can come and hit you so bad. But that place where you go in your bed alone and you're crying. And you say, I'm bigger than this. I'm still bigger than this. I'm more than a conqueror by Christ which strengthens me. I'll come out of this too as a victor. For he that began a good work in me shall see to accomplish it. And the Bible says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes you can be around people and none is encouraging you. None. Everyone is saying, yeah, it's true. You're this. Everyone is saying, yeah, good for you. Die. Yeah, 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 yeah. And sometimes you just have to say no. No, 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 no. The reason why some of you have fainted is you stopped believing. Regardless of what happened, never change your, con your confession. Regardless of what happened, never change your thought pattern. Yes, you screwed up, but you're still great. Yes, you failed in class, but you're still great. Why? Because the blessing on you is not according to your books. That is men rating you. The blessing on you is according to Marakasatalapa. This is God rating you. He says you're the head and not the tail before you sit for the exam. He says you're above and not beneath before you go there. He said you're the great Ayabaka. 
The books might not be so. Your story might not be so. Your testimony might not be so. But his book is so. The apostle of faith called Smith Wigglesworth. He told me this. Smith Wigglesworth always loved to say in his meetings, I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by the word. He says, I'm moved by the word. Even if the doctor says you have cancer. And they say it is stage four. That should not move you. Oh! That should not move you. That should not move you. That should not move you, child of God. Who remembers that song? I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I see. Sing with me. I'm not moved by what I hear. The economy is bad. I'm not moved by what I hear. You might be feeling pain. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what I feel. I am moved by the word of the Lord. I am moved by the word of the Lord. And he said you shall prosper in everything you do. And he said you're the head and not the tail. And he said you're above and not beneath. And he said that the lines are fallen unto you in pleasant places. You have a goodly heritage. I don't care what you're going through. I'm not moved by what they say. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm moved by It is called spiritual warfare. For somebody to say, you're fake, and you say, no, I'm great. You're fake, and you say, no, I'm great. You're fake, and you say, no, I'm great. You're going to fail. You had fainted. You would have fainted. You would have fainted. Tell anybody who would have fainted. Many things came, I would have fainted. Tell your neighbor, many things came. I would have fainted. But I believe. Tell your neighbor, I believe. Tell him I'm a believer. Believers. Believers is not a set of institutions. Believers is not a group of people who just come together. Believers are people who stay believing. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. I know it's funny, but don't give up. I know it's crazy, but don't give up. Don't draw back. Don't draw back. He says we are not of them which draw back to perdition. We are not them. Believers don't. They don't. They don't. You might sleep hungry, but you don't stop saying I'm rich. You might lose a job, but you don't stop saying I'm great. They might tell you you're ugly, but you don't stop affirming yourself and tell them I am the apple of God's eye. I'm the beauty for perfection. 
we believe to the saving of the soul. Actually, the literal translation there is we believe until the soul is saved. Tell him, but don't be moved. You know, the devil can do things and make you feel less. The world can say things and make you feel less. People can say things and judge you and make you, don't feel less. Don't feel less. It doesn't matter. Don't feel less. Listen, the devil can only take you where God wants you. Can I say it again? The devil can only take you where God wants you. He says, and none shall be able to pluck them out of my hand. The Father's hand. Actually, Jesus said, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Next verse. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all the haters, all demons, all principalities, all powers, all things in this world. He says, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. That means you're in Christ's hand, then your father's hand. The devil can only take you where God wants you. I mean all things work together for good to them that love him and are called according to his purposes. They may not be perfect, but they love him. They may not be the best, but they love him. And they are called according to his purpose. If they throw you out of the house, carry your things and dance. Praise is not okay when it has a reason. Praise is okay when men look at you and they don't see a reason for you to praise and then you start. See, you can get a nice house and then you praise God. And people say no, he praised God because he has a house. But then they chase you out of the house. And then you say, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, His grace is sufficient for me. They suspend you out of school and they say, you don't have tuition. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches. He will send His just charge over me over time kids and then you check in your pocket and then you see nothing then you check in your pocket then you see nothing then you say I'm blessed I'm blessed I'm blessed I'm blessed oh I'm blessed going in coming out I'm blessed in the valley. King shall come to my rise. Then you check. 
prosper. Everything I touch, everything. That is a believer. Give somebody a high five and tell him I'm a believer. I am a believer. I am a believer. Whether it's working or not, I'm a believer. Whether I see or don't see, I'm a believer. Whether I'm on the bridge or under the water, I'm a believer. Whether I'm under stood or I'm not, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Let me tell you, some of us would have died if we had not believed. So when the Bible says they just live by faith, I see that HIV positive woman. Every day she's healthy. Every morning she's looking healthy. She's not on drugs. But oh boy, she's living by faith. Disease condemned her. She refused its condemnation. Men condemned him. Men condemned her. She said, no, I'm a believer. Man, man, man. I'm a believer. Tell your neighbor I'm rich. It's not a confession. It's not a secret either. It's who I am. Can I tell you something? Every time I had situation comes in my life, you know the first words that come out of my mouth? Can I tell them to you? Every time a bad situation comes in my life, I tell myself this statement and say, I'm bigger than this too. I'm bigger than this too. I am bigger than this too. I am bigger than this too. Always tell yourself, I'm bigger than this too. Yes, things are not, yes, you're bigger. Tell your neighbor I'm bigger. Greater is he that is in you and the devil in the world. Did I mean I don't hurt, but I hurt believing? Did I mean I don't feel pain, but I feel pain believing? Did I mean I don't get angry, but I get angry believing? I don't lose it. Because I know the moment I do, I die. I die. I die. I die. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. But when you're rooted in him, that's the only way you can understand his love for you. Listen, you are not called for men to believe in you. You are called for you to believe in yourself. You don't need affirmations. Oh, you're beautiful. Are oh, you sure? Then they say you're ugly. Oh. You have to be bold. Get to a level when they tell you you're ugly, you tell them, boss, you're the ugly one, not me. You're a thief, no, you're the thief, not me. You are, not me. Get persuaded about your state in God. That even you, you'll be surprised if you unbelieve. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Okay, let's go back to the prayer in Jude. Build yourself up. Tell your neighbor, build yourself up. In your most holy one, faith. Then you do what? Make progress. You see, that's why I say transformation is a progress, okay? Make progress. Rise like an edifice, higher and higher. How do you do that? That's why it's very easy for me to pray. Because I know every prayer I'm making is like a step in the spirit. I'm going higher, you know? So when I start, rapaka, sholaba, rekayata, semayete, poyerende, koyiraka, seproya, dikeyeo, basele. And it doesn't matter what is happening in your life. Keep praying. Until you stop making sense of prayer. Now you don't understand why you're praying, but you're just praying. Do you know why people suffer in this world? Huh? They don't understand that scripture. The Bible says, if you're suffering, pray. It says, if you're suffering, pray. Don't blame who? Don't victimize. Don't say she's the one. If it wasn't for him, no. Once you think things are not working, pray. Pray. It was my auntie, no. Pray. You see, our government, no. Pray. If it affects you, pray. Why? Because you. That is why if I see anything in my life and it is it's funny, if I was praying one hour, I'll pray four. If it becomes funnier, I pray eight. By the time I'm out of it, I've gone a hundred steps higher. That's how I think. I don't know how you think. That's why I told you, everything works for your good. You don't understand what I'm saying. Even that one who took you to a close and you say, even that one, he did you a favor. Hallelujah. So he says, you pray in your most holy face. And he says, you go higher and higher, praying in the Holy Ghost. Give the KJV. Look at the original rendering. He says, but ye beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Listen, praying in the Holy Ghost, comma. Are you seeing that? Go back. Ye beloved, building up yourselves. I'm just going to show you what fellowship is, okay? Ye beloved, building yourself. He says, in your most holy faith, comma, praying in tongues, or in the Holy Ghost, comma. And what follows next? Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy unto Jesus Christ and unto eternal life. You see that? Some people pray in the Holy Ghost, and then they don't what? Keep themselves in the love of God. It doesn't matter how many tongues you speak. Keep yourself in the love of God. Let me tell you, you can make an error in this life. And then feel bad and then judge yourself. But when you go to the presence of God, don't go with that judgy attitude. Oh, oh God, I'm fake. <laughs> Even if you're the worst, come in the presence bold. <laughs> Apostle, you're spoiling Christians. No, I'm not spoiling them. They were spoiled, I'm correcting them. 
Some people think that by crying to God, they'll earn his attention. God is not moved by emotion. God is moved by revelation. It doesn't matter how many tears you cry. If they are not in revelation, you're wasting your time. The Bible says, Eger cried. She put the lad away, not wanting to see him die. And the Bible says, and she went a while and wept. The boy was hungry. He says, and God heard the voice of the lad. He refused to hear her. She was crying. Oh, God said, oh, I'm not interested in you. There's a seed of Abraham here. You cry all you want. I hear who? The boy. Ah, listen. Let's go in the verses before. Read that. And she went and sat down over against a good way off, as it were a bushel. For she said, let me not see the death of my child. And she sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard. Hagar stayed crying. God said, ah, you cry all you want. There is a guy who came out of faith. Tell your neighbor, there's something that came out of faith. And it's inside me. I have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellence of trouble, that the excellence of problems, no, but that the excellence of power might be what? Of God. Tell your neighbor, Techijakumalao. Are you seeing? Now we are in spiritual warfare. Some of you want to say fire. No. Now we are doing spiritual warfare. The worst demons live quietly. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. And so, and God called her out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. He has not heard you. But he has had the other guy. You cry all you want. But anything that doesn't come out of faith is useless. This boy was a seed of Abraham. And seed is, look at 11. The seed is the word. Are you with me? And Abraham is a representation of faith. Now the word of faith, for example, when you're going through a hard situation. And then you say, I believe I'll go through this. To God he hears crying. When you dance amid this trouble, God hears the voice of the lad. <laughs> because it's a seed of faith. Then there's another one who's... Uh, uh. Do you know there are people who cry and they cry and they just don't see God. And then they cry more and then they don't see God. And then they increase their crying. And then they don't see God. And then it gets to onions and nabachi, mukamans and nalavi banangi. Then they cry the 20th year, oh, 30th year, oh, it becomes their language. You understand? That even when they are not crying, they speak lamentations. They write books of lamentation. I don't know what I'll do tomorrow. I don't know where I'll get electricity from. I don't know where I'll get electricity from. I don't know whether I'll pay water. I don't know. And then your language starts to become a language of what? Lamentations. They're lamenting every time. Oh, I don't know where I'll get fuel. Oh, I don't know. Oh, let's see. Ah, let's keep on hoping. For us, we don't keep on hoping. We are past that. We keep on hoping until... <laughs> even hope gets tired and says, okay, yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't gasp in fear. 
Don't gasp in giving up. Ah, me, I've given up. This marriage, uh uh-uh. Don't. It can still get life. It can still get life. Somebody say amen. Amen. And the Bible says, and see where the problem was. Because Agar was crying. Because Agar was crying without the word. She was blinded from provision. She was blinded from provision. Read the scriptures. The scripture says in the next verse, Arise and lift up the lad and hold him in thine hand. Get the word, okay? For I will make him a great nation, okay? Read the next line. And God opened her eyes and she saw a well. He didn't create a well. It was there. But because she did not have the word in her spirit, the well was invisible. Many of you, your help is here. It is nearer than you first believed. But you don't have the eyes of faith because you're crying and you've let the lad away. You've left the lad away. You've left the word the other side. You've disqualified the working of the word of God upon your life and went to carnal kind of thoughts because they say that she said that he said that it said that the government, that who, that what. And then you become carnal. And then you leave the word. It doesn't matter what you go through. Be faithful to the word. That's why when he talks about the word of God, he says to able and faithful men, men who are faithful to the word. The word of God requires a certain faithfulness. Regardless of what you go through, tochivamu. Tovamuchigambo. It doesn't matter what is happening in your life. Don't forget what the word of God says about it. There are people who are very easy to flip out of the word. They confess things and make declarations, put them on their Facebooks and everywhere, walls. But it's easy. It's easy for them to vomit it. You remember the scriptures of men which are planting the seed? And then he said that there are some, they are not rooted. Okay? And then troubles come, tribulations come for the sake of the word. You see, it's not coming because they're a problem, but it is coming because of the word they've had. It is too deep and the devil wants to get it out. And then they think it's an attack on them. It's on the word. Let me tell you, have you ever seen a car knocking a madman? They knock sane men. They don't knock mad men. You've never heard that they abducted a street child and took him for sacrifice. They get those ones in homes. And in the same way, listen, the ones sown upon stony ground are those who, when they hear the word, at once they do what? It is working. And accept it and welcome it with what? And then they say, Preach, preacher. And the Bible says, and they have no real root. Now, what I'm doing now, I'm giving you root. Rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. He says, and they have no real root in themselves. And so, they endure for a little while. Then, when trouble or persecution arises, on account of the word, not because they have a problem, they immediately are offended. They become displeased and indignant, and resentful, and then they stumble and fall away. They just stumble and fall away. So some people, the devil knows how to make them fall away. He just attacks the word in them. He doesn't waste time on anything around them, no. That's why some of you, you have to get ready to be attacked when you start hearing these things. There's a kid last time who came to me. She told me my father slapped me because I was coming to Fanero. And my elder brother came back at two drunk, and they laughed together. 
He laughed with a man from alcohol and slapped a child who was coming from prayer. From prayer. If she didn't come that day, maybe she would not have been slapped. And brethren, let me tell you, there are many things that attack you, they attack me, they attack all of us because of the word we believed. The man is overtaken by the abundance of revelation and then a tormentor comes and buffets his flesh. But the other person does not understand that the buffeting is because the man knows too much. When you know too much, it will buffet you too. Then you see a babe judging Paul and you're like, have you ever seen Jesus? Have you ever seen Jesus with your eyes? And then the man is judging Paul. But Paul, Paul, hey, hey, first get to his revelation. Prove it, then judge Paul. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are people who go through things. It's just an attack on the word in them. It's, it's just the word of God in them. And they need to find root. You understand? If they don't have roots, they'll fall away. They'll stumble. They'll be resentful. And they'll be indignant. So there are people, the devil, it's very easy to flip you. Some of you, it's very easy to get you out of church. Very easy. There are even Christians. They have been believing for so long. But they are believing simply because something has not come challenging their faith. Some people can even leave the gospel. Oh. When you speak in other tongues and the Holy Ghost, God says, don't end there. In my relationship with you, he says, keep yourself in the what? The love of God. Regardless of what happens, understand that the love he has toward you cannot lead you to places to be destroyed. He loves you enough. The Bible says God has invested too much in Israel. One time somebody said, Fanero is going to fail soon. Somebody said it. Somebody said, Fanero, it's only a matter of time. Listen, listen, listen. Some people don't understand Fanero. Fanero is not Apostle Grace. Fanero is not Apostle Grace. Fanero is the word. And you can't convince someone that it's not going to happen. You can only watch them because this is forever. You can only watch because the Bible says his word endures. As long as truth is preached on this altar, I want to tell you, we will not fail. Can I say it again? As long as truth is preached on this altar, and every time the Bible is open, truth is preached, it doesn't matter who stands here. Fanero will never fail. God guards his truth. You see, some of you think that God is as emotional as you are. Listen, God guards his truth. He guards his truth. He guards his truth. God loves his word so much. He says he has exalted his word above his name. His name has to fail first for his word to fail. Fanero is people who believe the word. They can't just wake up tomorrow and fail. God has to fail too. God has to fail too. One time they arrested Paul. And they thought that by arresting Paul, they would put a stop to what was working in his life. Let me tell you. And the Bible says the gospel could not be hindered. The gospel is not hindered. You can't hinder the gospel. You can't hinder the gospel. You can't hinder the gospel. 
The gospel is stronger than all of us. No, 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 no. You cannot. He says, why in I suffer trouble? And it's okay, we can all suffer trouble as men of God. As an evildoer, and we can be evildoers. And two bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Nothing can bound the word and hold it and say, now this one. No. I can only make sure I preach it. Do you understand? That is why I don't have a problem attacking my person. Because I don't represent me. I don't represent me. I'm no longer preaching for me. Uh-uh. I represent the word of God. Do you understand? That's the true testimony by which we stand. Do you understand? So if somebody says that, let's wait and see. We cannot convince them. No. Because God does not convince men that he will not fail. Do you understand what I'm saying? This word should not have come to us, but the moment it did. So, you see, regardless of what happens in your life, never forget Jesus loves you. I don't know whether I'm making the point. Regardless of what you have done, regardless of what you have done, God still loves you. Begin relationship that way. That's why we preach grace. There are things that will come against us because we preach grace, but we're not going to stop preaching it. We'll preach it more. Because when sin comes, grace abounds more. You understand? And if you don't understand me, you might think I'm proud. I'm not proud. No. I'm just boasting in the word. I don't know that you get the difference. For where is our boasting? Yeah. When a man starts to speak faith, they look arrogant. They're not arrogant. They're fixing things. Somebody say, I'm fixing things. Say it again. I'm fixing things. Now, do you see that a man can speak in tongues, do all these things, and then go deep in the mysteries of the word, but then miss out in keeping in the love of God? And the next line says, looking for the what? The anger. Looking for the what? For the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ and what? And eternal life. You must always expect that there is mercy coming to me. Somebody say, mercy is coming to me. Somebody say, mercy is coming to me. Hallelujah. And the next verse says, and of some have compassion, making a difference. Make a difference. Always have compassion on saints. Make a difference. The world out there wants to kill men. Don't kill. Make a difference. Tell your neighbor, make a difference. The world out there wants to destroy people. Don't destroy people. Make a difference. It doesn't matter what he did to you. Don't destroy him. It doesn't matter what she did to you. Don't destroy her. Make a difference. Some of your bitterness springs out of you and then the next thing you know you're defiling people. Why? Because you don't understand what it means to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. And once a man doesn't have that revelation, they can miss out. And let me say this. They can miss out on the bigger picture of God's mind pertaining divine purpose. Divine purpose. Can I give you an example? The story tells us that Jacob had a son. What was the name of the first son? It was Reuben. And there's a story where Reuben went, I think, and raped or slept with, a, with his concubine called Bila. You remember? And according to that, he was supposed to be destroyed. But the story tells us that 
Jacob held his peace and watched his boy. You never heard the scriptures say that Jacob slapped him, abused him. No, he held his peace. He knew what the son had done, but he kept quiet. That's called a fathering spirit. There are people who have wronged me and I've kept quiet. I'm not stupid. I'm just quiet. Do you understand? There are people in this world who will wrong you. You're not stupid. You're just quiet. Do you understand what I'm saying? Later on in the scriptures, Joseph, he takes them food. And the Bible says, and all the brethren agreed to kill Joseph. All of them. Except who? Reuben. And Reuben said, we shall not kill him. And the Bible says, he says, let's throw him in a ditch. This is Reuben. And the next line says, and Reuben wanted that they throw him in a ditch, hoping that when they go back, he's going to come and pick his brother and take him back to his father. What if Reuben was killed? What if Reuben was killed? Do you know what would have happened? Joseph would have died. Meaning that one error can lead to the death of many. It's the same thing. Absalom killed Amnon. What happened? How many deaths came after that? Are you seeing what I'm saying? Are you seeing what I'm saying? Tell him about get rooted. Tell him get rooted. Hallelujah. If you had banished him and told him, Reuben, get out of my house, never come back, Joseph would have died. The savior of Israel would have died. And that famine would have come and killed all of them. Do you see what one mistake can do? We are not promoting evil. We are just patient because these men get better one day. And they save multitudes. But you must believe in them. You must do what? You must believe in them. It's called maturity. It's rooted. Let me tell you, some of you think you're going to speak in tongues and not walk in love and see God. <laughs> Let's continue. And some have making a confession and difference. Uh-huh. Let's continue. And others save with fear. Those who are not saved. Eh? As in we preach the law and scare them into the kingdom. Out of the fire, you see. Hating even the garments spotted by flesh. Those are unbelievers. Now unto him that is able to keep you from what? From falling. And to present you what? Faultless before the presence of his glory. Happy with exceeding joy. Guys, not saying, you, I saved you, but I still have an issue with you. No, 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 no. Give me the message of that. And now to him, who can keep you on your feet, standing tall in his bright presence, fresh and celebrating. He is able to keep you from falling. He is able to keep you from falling. And present you what? Blameless. No, you're not the one who's making yourself. No, he's the one presenting and says, no, blameless. But he did this. Ah, blameless. It's called righteousness imputed. So that's why it's hard for me to blame who God imputes righteousness on. It's hard for me. You understand? First John chapter 4 verse 10. He says, herein is love. If you're talking about love, eh? Let's define it. Okay? Keeping yourself in the love. Alright? Now herein is that love. He says, not that we loved God, but that 
he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. That's called the love of God. The love of God is not when you treat me right and then I love you. The love of God is when you have no reason to love me, but you love me. That's the love of God. While we were yet sinners, yeah, look at this. Before we even sought to say, let me be a good person, okay? The Bible says, herein is that love. For God commended his love toward us. That's the only way he could do that. He says, he commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. He did not say, uh, why are you dying for those sinners? No, 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 no. While we were yet sinners, what happened? Christ died. When the man continued in sin, Jesus did not stop. God did not hold back and say, no, let me, no, no, no. He kept on enforcing the divine plan. Jesus is going to die for men who don't even know or care, but he's still doing it. When you say you have the love of God, that's what it means. The love of God is not laughing with your wife because she bought you candy last week. The love of God is her knowing you and then you get an umbrella and put it on her head when it's raining and you say, I still love you. God had a reason not to love us. There were reasons not to love us. Let me tell you. Some of you, by the way, even gauge sins and say, ah, but the other one, it's a bit higher. Eh, he killed. Me, I didn't kill. No, no, no. God is not after you not killing. God is after the nature that kills. You have the nature that kills. A lady came to me some years back and told me, Apostle, I aborted. And from that day, I never had children. She had spent about five years in marriage without having children. Then she told me, I feel God is punishing me for it. And I told her, hush, stop it. She said, I'm a murderer. I told her, you're not a murderer. No, I am. I told her, no, you don't understand God. God doesn't even remember. What do you mean? As I told her, I don't remember. You changed your mind out of it. Listen, God cannot remember what you've turned your mind off. Because how can he keep that? Do you understand? Now, I told her gun produce. We didn't even have a special prayer. And she conceived, I think, within the first month. Why? Veil. She was reminding God what he doesn't remember. God can't remember what he shed blood on. He can't. He can't. Even if you say, let me look back on it, he doesn't remember it. He doesn't remember it. Because the blood of Christ does not cover. It taketh away. You see, I used to preach grace and then I get annoyed with some people and then I realize I'm legal. Every day, I'm also a work in progress. I'm also working what? In progress. Because when I think about how God loves us, I cannot tell it. I cannot tell it. Hallelujah. So, let's go back to our reading. Herein is love. Not that we loved God. Not that he loves you or she loves you. No. The Bible says, but that he loved us. Right? And sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. Next verse says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Next verse. 
No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. You see that? No, let's read again. No man has what? Seen God at any time. If we love one another, God what? Dwelleth in us, and his love is what? Perfected in us. What happens in the next line? Hereby we know that we dwell in him, because his love is perfected in us, and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And the next verse says, and we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And he says, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and God dwelleth in him, and he in God, the Bible says, and we have known and believed the love that God has toward us. God is what? Love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein, now, this scripture you love a lot. After all that is done, our love is made perfect. That we may have boldness on the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Now you can claim that scripture. But some people skip all those lines and say, For as he is, so are we. So, <coughs> so as he is, so are we. <coughs> is he sick? So as he is, so are we. Hallelujah. Keep yourself in the love of God. Speak in tongues in love. Pray in love. Worship in love. It's the only way to have fellowship with the Spirit. Some of you think that we are going to bring depths of wisdom and manifestations of patterns of the Spirit and not walk in His love and see Him. I bet you, you will not see God. In fact, some of you probably are wondering why you know too much, but you don't see him. Examine yourself, whether you've been the face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You cannot say that you love God when you don't love your neighbor. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't say you love one you've not seen when you don't love who you see. And then you say, me, I am so deep. You know, the Lord told me not to talk to him because I'm too deep. Do you understand what I'm saying? God told me not to do this because I'm deep. No, it's not depth. It's not depth. It's not depth. Herein is love. That while we were yet what? He commended his love toward us. You understand? Grow in his love. Tell him about growing his love. Growing his love. So when I go to the presence of God, don't come condemned. When you come to pray, you understand? Don't go in the presence of God ever with a feeling that he loves you less. Always go with a full persuasion. That's why he tells you come boldly to the throne of what? Grace. Knowing that you shall receive what? Mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Read that again. That you may obtain. You come boldly to obtain. You don't come shaky. Oh, I'm not worthy. No. You come boldly to the throne of grace. What happens? That you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hallelujah. This is what I see. You're great. This is what I see. That you're the beloved of the Lord. This is what I see. That you're accepted by God. This is what I see. That you're keeping yourself in his love. This is what I see. That he loves you. This is what I see. That regardless of your story, he cares for you. This is what I see, that you've made mistakes, I know. There are thousand and one in this world, yes. Can we bury them and move on? Can we? 
bury them and move on. Can we regard no man in the flesh and look at Jesus Christ, which is the author and the finisher of our faith? For when he saw the price that was set before him, the Bible says he endured even as unto the cross. You understand what I'm saying? I want to encourage you and tell you that it doesn't matter how many tongues you speak, if you're not perfected in love, you'll not see God. You will not see God. Speak in other tongues. Just receive the word as it is. Speak in tongues. Come on. Zore Zore Come on, speak in tongues. Examine yourself and talk to God. Tell God where I've walked out of love. Deal with me. Deal with me, God. Deal with me. Ko rabasata. Ko Come on. God loves you. God loves you. God forgives. God forgets. If he did, then forget too. It doesn't matter who remembers. God forgot. Father, we thank you. Because your love reigns in this place. And love never fails. Whether prophecies, they will fail. Whether gifts, they will fail. But there's one thing that I not fail. It is your love. It can't fail to heal. It can't fail to deliver. It can't fail to change a man. It can't fail to uplift a minister. It cannot fail to strengthen a ministry. It cannot fail to sustain. It cannot fail to deliver. It cannot fail to answer. Somebody give the Lord a mighty hand up and pray. You might be here and you have not given your life to Christ. And you say, I want Jesus today. Repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus. I believe with my heart that you are Lord that you died and rose again from today you are both Savior and Lord of my life Amen The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International for more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at UMA Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Finero, make manifest.